By the way, right. before we start, what are we talking about? Hockey. Yeah. Boston Bruins hockey. Wait, we talk hockey in this show? G- Jimmy. Oh, by, by the way, uh, Dave, you're recording, right? At the end of the day, we're not quite getting out of Jake what we want. Uh, some of that is circumstance and situational. He's moved around, been hurt. Uh, his center, he's played with in the past, has been hurt. So, uh, But I still feel he's been given you know, ice time to performed his best of his ability. We, we just feel that we're not getting the effort required. It's, it's, it's not always about the score sheet, Steve. The guy's scared, okay? He's got, he's going to do what gets him to, gets him his, his, his President's Trophy, number one seed, because it's safe. Boston B party. Boston B party. Boston B party. Marshawn drags the backhand across the line. Marshawn down the slot. Oh, what a combination! Bergeron buries it! Touch passes from Marshawn to Pasternak, and Bergeron puts the Bruins up 3-0 on Tommy Wilson and the Washington Caps. Lighting it up and like being like, oh, like you, I mean, Pachichi Bergeron, woo! Grizzly closes to the half boards, and Marshawn is there at the back door. It's 4-0, and Tom Wilson gets up and leaves the penalty bench. Having seen three goals, I would rather take a Rask as an actual goalie, not the contract, the skill of Tuka Rask. Grizzlick, the slap pass intended for Marshawn, and Pasternak scores on a long drive. The Bruins end their longest power play drought in three years. Well, uh, not at the current rate that we're going. Uh, you know, clearly, we've played well defensively in the last five games or such. And- just haven't generated uh, a finish, I should say. Um, it's arguably, uh, final five is just, you know, it's not where it needs to be to, to consistently win um, or, or to extend leads if you can get them. You know, injuries are playing a little bit of a factor there from the, on, on the back end, but we've also, as I said, not given up that much. Open um, playing pretty well, so yeah, I think it's a major concern. I think Sweeney's been mediocre at best. We still have the same problems now as we did four years ago. All right, did Tyler figure out what the show's about yet? Welcome back to the Boston Bee Party. I'm David Rodriguez. Joining me tonight, Tyler Scales and Jimmy Shea. Gentlemen, how we doing? I'm doing good, man. Excited about moving on to the second round? Absolutely. Hell yeah. Um, Justin Ventola is supposed to be joining us in a little while. Uh, he's running a little late tonight. I think he had to go grocery shopping for his mom. But uh, we'll see. We'll talk to him when he gets here. Um, so the Boston Bruins move on to round two <clears throat> after losing game one in overtime against the Washington Capitals. They went on to win the next four games in a gentleman's sweep, taking the series four to one. Uh, and now they are awaiting the winner of the Pittsburgh and New York Islanders series, which is uh, now currently led three to two by the Islanders after a three to two double overtime win last night in Pittsburgh. Um, Boston's first round series against the Washington Capitals featured uh, started with three overtime games, including one double overtime game. And I mean, I thought we saw two pretty evenly matched teams through those three games. You know, 60 plus minutes of hockey will kind of say that. 
excuse me. Um, you know, and through, in game four, though, uh, we saw what I thought was a different Bruins team. They played with uh, some serious pre precision and poise, excuse me. Uh, game four, Boston absolutely dominated the Caps pretty much start to finish. Washington only scoring with uh, Brandon Carlo inadvertently tapped the puck into the net um, on what I thought was a bullshit penalty call. And in game five, Washington played pretty hard for most of the game, but just couldn't match the Bruins' determination. Overall, Bruins played a pretty solid first round. Uh, you got some secondary scoring from Jake DeBrus, Craig Smith, Matt Grizzly, Charlie Coyle. David Pasternak, after seemingly forever and upwards of 15 shots, finally scored um, to really complete that top line. Bergeron and Marchand both had three goals apiece. Tuka Rask was solid in net with a 188 goals against average, 941 save percentage, and I think the biggest crow Jimmy's going to have to eat here in this series is uh, the fact that Charlie McAvoy was a complete stud. If you had any questions about him being a number one dis defenseman, I think they should be answered by now. Uh, he played an average of 27 minutes and 15 seconds in that five-game series and threw in a quick five assists to boot. What did he have? Three in one game or was it four in one game? I think it was three. Three. Uh, and I think that was a Bruins defenseman record. Uh, in wow. the playoffs, that's, something that's like incredible. that. Um, but yeah, I was happy with what I saw. Uh, I know we were a little down on them after the first game. We thought some things. I will say this: uh, I was completely wrong. You definitely did not need Trent Frederick for that series, guys. Nope. Tyler. Yeah. Overall, this was a really good series. Um, three game overtime games. I thought this would be a lot like closer, but. That double overtime win over the Washington Capitals with that really like that really big mistake by Samsonov that really turned the series around. I think that the Washington's morale went down really badly, and their confidence in Samsonov was really low after that. What they what they saw. Um, I, we were obviously the hungrier team in this series. I loved how aggressive we were against in the puck. Like we weren't like when I was watching like the other series like two, from. 2019 and 2020, he always cleared the puck when it really we were getting like our asses kicked. It seemed like the most. Um, Washington was doing the same thing to us, but we actually managed to turn it around this time, especially in that overtime game. So, it, we, I love to see that. I, I'm really more confident in this team uh, in this playoff series. I think we're going to do really good. I don't think we'll win, but. I love what I saw. My confidence in this team has definitely grown, and I'm really excited for the next round. Did you uh, did you say you kind of felt the series tilted after the Samsonov uh, led up that double overtime goal? Yeah, I I think like I saw Ovechkin like slam his stick and like yell at him like a lot. I think that really like that really hit Washington badly with that double overtime win. Yeah, I mean and I think our confidence just grew higher. Yeah, and we all we've all seen the Bruins lose in double or triple overtime, so it's definitely a bit of a backbreaker sometimes. But I, you know, you mentioned just a second ago about Ovechkin yelling at him. If it's true that what I was listening to on Felger and Maz is he was telling him, 
not to go to sleep tonight, you bitch. Um, how do you think that affected a rookie goaltender going into the next game? Uh, so, where his captain saying that to him, if that's if that's what in fact he was saying. No, so he no he said he said stay awake, bitch. Like don't fall asleep behind the net is what what I took it as. Not like he's gonna come after is what I took it as. Okay. But if you're saying if you're saying that as a captain, that that's really not good. You should not be a captain saying that. That's you're not you're not like motivating your team. You're just demotivating them. You're doing the opposite. Especially because Ovi had a horrible series. Oh yeah, he sucked. He had, he had two yeah. he had two goals he had two goals, but one of them went off the skate of Carlo in front. So I mean, yeah. Not to mention he was also like whiffing almost on most of the shots. I mentioned well, that. Someone like Pasta checks him from behind. <laughs> well, they had uh, it was Corrali and Carlo in the shooting lane down the power play almost every single time, and he had to start shooting it wide because he he kept blocked every single time, and that's that's impressive because that he has one he is probably the most unstoppable shot from that left circle there. Uh, I think game five when they move up to the blue line to just get his shot through because the Bruins just they. You know they've seen him enough. They just right there in front, right there in front. You, yep. You know, mm-hmm. but they, they did they did to Ovechkin what most teams have been doing to Pasternak on that one timer shot lately. They're just getting uh-huh. their stick in the lane or their body in the lane because they know it's coming. Yep. But yeah, that must have been this the Bruins just having a really good read on him. They were definitely reviewing tapes. Yeah, and I, they and they capitalized on those tapes. Uh, I don't know. Uh-huh. It, Jimmy, I, I understand what you're saying, and you're right. Maybe that's all he was saying was don't fall asleep as in behind the net. But, I mean, that's still got to shake a goal, a rookie goaltender a little bit too, losing in double overtime and then having uh, his captain well, and fellow countrymen, I think, or at least same part of the yeah. world. Yeah, but the, th- the thing is, though, Samsonov has had problems all year about being mature and being focused. I mean, I think at the end of the year with COVID, he had – you know, five different star players in a hotel room um, at a party. So, I mean, it's just like this this guy's just not getting it, which if there's a there, there's rumors that are watching that there's a riff there already in the locker room between the goalie and the rest of the team. It, it's bad when uh, Craig Anderson is a better goalie in that series. He, he's the best goalie that, in that That's series. true. Yeah. I mean, Samsonov played good. Uh, you're right about the maturity issues. Was he on the um, the COVID list twice? Because didn't he end the year and start the series on the COVID list, and then yeah. the you know the the Russian party back in January with Ovechkin, who was part of that. So good leadership there, brother. Um, you know, I, I guess yeah. Samsonov definitely, from what I'm hearing, Samsonov. I'm sorry. Apparently, that's what. Yeah, yeah. What's up with that? So apparently, after Sergei Samsonov left Boston or retired from hockey, he started telling people that's how he wanted his name pronounced, and nobody in the states really knew that. They would say Samsonov, okay. and he never yes. corrected them. That's the story that I gathered. Hmm. So that's why they were saying Samsonov. So, hmm. yeah. I was wondering about that. Okay, because like I, I, I wasn't saying like you guys sound like idiots saying Sam Sonoff every single time. Like it doesn't like you sound like you don't know what the guy's name is. It's, okay, 
I'm the idiot then. Well, not, remember not when Marshan, Marshan went from Marshan to Marshan, so. And then back, and then back to Marshan, and then back to Marshan. And then just Marshan. He's, he, he's changed it like four or five times. Yeah, I mean, so did in Prince. At least he's not a symbol. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> what would his symbol be? Him licking someone? <laughs> Stick on the throat. Him licking that uh, spitting chicklets helmet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Jimmy. What were your impressions from the first round? Um, the, going up with Tyler said Bruins were the hungrier, hungrier team, but I really am disappointed in the Capitals. I thought that this was gonna be a good series. I thought after you win the cup, the choking of Backstrom and Ovechkin has kind of gone away, but since they've won the Cup, they've had three first-round exits now. There's something wrong with this team. Um, They're just... Their D is soft. They're very... Talk about, like, Montreal... Or, uh, excuse me, Toronto being top-heavy. This team is is as top-heavy as it gets. With Oshie and Ovechkin and Backstrom. It's been that way for years, and they won't come out of it unlike Toronto can't get out of the first round, but... This is going to be the story with this team again. Is like they 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 perform well in the in the regular season, and then it comes down to the playoffs and they can't do it. So this series, obviously, it's hard to nitpick on anything on the Bruins side. Just when you get a gentleman sweep, uh, and the one loss you had was in overtime on a goal that you know I'd like to have two good to have, but it's not the worst one. But it's I didn't think anybody any team was going to win four straight in this series. I was I was wrong. I'd been in six, but I would, the fact of how dominant they looked in game four, this team finally has two really good lines that can score. And, yep, I'll eat Crow McAvoy. I will. I will. I was wrong about him. He looks like a number one defenseman. Is I'm not going as far as, I'm not going as far as Justin and saying he's a top five defenseman in the league. I'm not going there. But he is, he is a top 15, top 20 defenseman in the league right now. You've come a long way on him. You really have, Jim. I might give him top five, though. I'm not doing that. Uh, I'm almost, uh, I'm almost proud of you, Jimmy. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still waiting for Tuukka Rask to, you know, bed, though. Let's be honest here. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking the cheese on that guy. Uh, I think somebody <laughs> on the radio said it perfectly. It was a caller. I don't know who, but it was like, how come Tuukka Rask gets all the blame when they shit the bed, but none of the credit when they do well? I don't know. It goes um, both sides though, because no, it goes both ways though with Tuka, because you know all the pro Tuka guys, you know they're like, oh, look at him now, look at his numbers, like it's the first round. Tuka Rask and Patrice Bergeron always do well in the, in the in the first round, and then they don't do anything the rest of the playoffs. I mean, at least, no. at, least at least Bergeron has a cop. I'm with Tuka. Yeah, I, I I I don't know, I don't know, I I'm not I'm not having the Tuka argument with you today, Jimmy. It's just it's <laughs> not in, it's not in my repertoire. I've been trying to, you know, just avoid those situations. Uh, I will fine. ask you this, though. You said you were disappointed in the Caps, and then you said after they won the Cup, they had three straight. And was that three straight including this year, first-round yeah. exits? Yeah. And yeah. how many yeah. first-round exits did they have before they actually won the Cup? Oh, probably every year. Probably another half a handful or so. So yeah. can you can really yeah. be disappointed in a team that's shown you that, that it was probably more fluky that they won a Cup? Um, so normally a team like that, so I have Ovechkin as labeled as a perennial choker that just can't get through the playoffs. And it, it, the, those, those European players, they have this, 
label on them that you know they do well in the regular season, but when it gets tougher, they they kind of wilt. And I thought Ovechkin once he won the cup, he kind of got through that. But I was wrong. That that the team is still not there. It's they're still. So am I? Am I disappointed? Yes, because I thought we'd get a better series. Again, I had the Bruins winning, but I thought we'd get a better series. But uh, yeah, I'm disappointed because I I thought they'd put up more of a fight. And and I understand that. I just uh, just asking the question because uh, I was expecting a better series from the Caps as well. I had them the Bruins in six. Uh, I and Tyler, you had them in six as well, I believe. Yeah, I thought they would be better. I I am dis- also disappointed in the Capitals. The the only one who uh, picked the Capitals to win would be Justin, and you know, where's he now? Mr. Reality. Yeah, Mr. Reality's getting a reality check of himself. He is. Um, you know, we I mentioned I mentioned a little bit about Game Four. Um, in Game Four, that was the when um, Miller took that hit, and I think the refs really kind of screwed that up from there. But um, I wanted to talk a second. The Bruins from that point kind of just put their head down and went to work is the best way I could think about it. They didn't piss and moan that about the call on the ice. They they didn't try and run after all over the ice, running after the Capitals. Um, you know, they, they played tough. They played a good game. They, they really focused. And from that point on in that game, it was like a surgeon working. They just, if they wanted to do it, they seemed to be able to do it at that point. But on the other end, I wanted to talk about that versus the reaction that Toronto had after um, John Tavares went down on what I felt was an unfortunate play. We were talking about it before the show. Um, Tavares was going down. I don't know if he got hit before, but he seemed to be going down. Perry's coming to fly into the zone like he's supposed to. Looks to me like he is trying to leap off to the side to not run over Tavares and happens to hit him with his leg. But then Toronto just completely wilted in that game. True or false? I think they lost like 4-1, to 5-1, to one, something like that. Mm-hmm. I think it was 4-1. 4-1. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I get so. it. Tavares was your captain, was, and that's a big emotional... It was actually 2-1. to one. Was it only 2-1? Yeah. For, for, for game one, 2-1. Okay, I apologize. I was actually trying to look it up as... I spoke and I wasn't quick enough. Um, but I mean, still, like, do you think? Do you, it's it's funny to me because we've played the the Leafs so many times in the first round, and I just, what did you guys think of the Bruins' reaction after Miller compared to um, the Leafs after Tavares? I I think that. The Bruins, they've been there before, so they kind of, they know what, you know, as much as it sucks to lose a player like that, and, you know, some people think they are short in the call. I think it was a dirty play, but I think it's right in the line where I think they called the, they called it correctly, personally. But, uh, if you go, if you start running players and stuff like that, like, you know, some people were asking for, Washington top players is top three in the league. You, you you can't you can't go on the peak on the PK over and over again. We did it enough to begin with. We don't need to, we don't need more of that. Um, so I like the workman workman like attitude and in getting done compared to what I guess Toronto did, which just 
you know, didn't didn't show up. All right. Uh, joining us now, Mr. Reality here for his uh, reality check. Justin, how you doing? Yo, what's up, gentlemen? How you guys doing? So sorry. I, I was late today. Had a nice seafood dinner party. So, um, you know what I mean? So sorry about that, guys. Oh, I told everybody <laughs> you were buying groceries for your mom, so you just lost brownie points with some people there. Oh, wow. Ooh, <laughs> that's tough, Dave. You really set me up for a bad one. <laughs> uh, you, you haven't missed much. We kind of went over a little bit of the series, got our opening thoughts like we usually do. I had actually just you know brought up the uh, – the game four hit on Miller and the Bruins reaction versus the Toronto reaction after uh, Tavares went down. And we were just going to listen to uh, – I was just about to throw that over to Tyler. So, But we wanted to let you in. We didn't want you to leave outside in the cold. You know, it looks like it's raining there. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's, a little, it's a little breezy. Let's put it that way. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure if I stood outside with an umbrella, I'd be going away like Mary Poppins. So, um, But no, please, I said that, that's a great topic. I'm happy you guys are talking about it. So, um, hey, please uh, go for it, Tyler, and I'll, and I'll weigh in. Yeah, uh, I, I like the reaction from the Bruins. Like, it just, yeah, to get that, like, you just gotta say, hey, let's, let's bury this team. I remember when Martian said on behind the B, when Tenorti got, like, all the blood around him from his. A pretty bad hit from him. I heard it from Martian himself. Let's bury this team. Let's stay focused. Let's just keep playing the game we're playing, and let's beat this team and make him pay. That's what I love about the Bruins' mentality. Don't poke the bear, and they they poked. They tried to poke the bear, and they paid the price. Now, as for Toronto, I, I get it. Like, it's your captain. I even saw like their GM like walk down the stairs. He was like really. Oh, he didn't walk. For- he fucking ran. Okay, yeah, he, he ran. Somebody, <laughs> yeah. shoved a, somebody shoved a giant carrot up his ass, and he was running to the hospital. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that on Twitter, actually. He was kind of sprinting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I, I get it, though, why you'll be wrapped like that. It's your captain. He's a, definitely a star player. And, uh, that, that, that did look really dangerous. Like, it, like a, that, just like hitting that right in the head, my God, man. I, I'd be scared, too. And you see the way he was like moving back, like oh my god, that was yeah, that they, was really scary. When they flipped him from his stomach to his back, I was like, oh my god, why are you even moving him right now? Yeah, that that was that was not good at all. That, they, that they, looked like he had a broken neck for crying out loud. Yeah, they they should have had him just laying down on the ice yeah, and wait until the stretcher came. Yeah, wait till the stretcher yeah. the backboard, and then you roll him over, right? Isn't that yeah. like I don't know? I'm not an EMT. Maybe one of these days, if we have a call-in show, we'll have one call in and explain it to us. <laughs> If we ever, <laughs> I don't know anyone. Who, <laughs> we have no context for that. Anyway, I can't even get Mister Coffee to support us. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, that was just a this is a mistake for the doctors, medical staff from the Leafs. Yeah. Should be ashamed of themselves for that. But uh, he's gonna be. I heard he's gonna be fine. I don't know if he'll return to the playoffs, but hopefully he's okay. He's a, he's a he's a heck of a player. Yeah, he's a good player, but he's uh he's on a shit team with no defense. Um, Justin, what, what would you what did you think of the reaction that the Bruins had after the hit on Miller versus the uh, Toronto reaction? I mean, I think you guys already alluded to it. I mean, you had you had a ballsy response, and then you had a you know crappy pants response, and they both came from the teams that we would hope and expect them to come from, right? So as far as the Boston Bruins, Miller gets trucked. Uh, he's off. 
how did the Bruins respond? I mean, and and I know and now I don't know that game specifically. Um, I know um, in their last game, in Game Four. Um, okay, so maybe so maybe it was that was the case. But anyway, in, in, I know they took a, quite a few penalties. But I was going to say, for the most part, they did their best to play smart. But they got back at Washington on the scoreboard, and they took it to them. They put the pressure on them, and they just they, they just brought it. And they were like, "Hey, you're not going to do that to our teammate." I mean, how often do you see David Pasternak go in on a hit on Ovechkin, and I, or or any player really for that matter? And that thing was a thing of beauty. Ovechkin has the puck. Martian comes in, gives him a shove down. Pasternak comes in, gives him another shove down. It was just awesome to watch. It was great. But that speaks to the DNA of this team, and I think that's been a co- common theme this year. I think we've mentioned it even when they sucked um, during that one little stretch of the season before the trade deadline. Um, we at least said, hey, the DNA of this team is at least there. The makeup's there. Like They, they have good leadership. They're strong. Um, and Toronto? What are you doing, dude? Your captain just gets tried. And, and total accident, by the way. Um, Corey Perry went over to him as he was taking off the ice. Total accident. Uh, I think he tried to avoid him, but it was just the way Tavares was after that first hit and whatnot. Um, but they just, I mean, they almost looked at like, oh, my God, what do we do? What do we do, guys? What do we do? I, I, I don't know. And, and that's just Toronto Maple Leafs team. They have no sack. That's why they've been bounced uh, in the in the first round for the past few years. That's why they haven't gone to a Stanley Cup in I don't know how many years. They they have no kahunis. and also they have no defense. But so I think their lack of response. I mean, I know they've won what uh, game two uh, and game three. I'm pretty sure. And they're winning in game four right now in the second period. Are they two nothing right now? Oh, they're winning right now. I mean. I don't know what happened to the Canadians. Quite honestly, I thought the Canadians would put up much more of a fight than they are. I'm not sure what's. I really want them to win that series. And I was hoping the Canadians would win, but honestly, I think Winnipeg's going to take care of business. Quite honestly, Um, Winnipeg already did take care of business. They already did. They did against Edmonton, and I expect them to do that against the Leafs. Quite honestly, Um, but the Leafs are dead. It's just a soft, soft team, and right now they have scoring so great, but disgraceful. I, I hate the Leafs. I really do. I'm sorry. I said to Jimmy earlier, the greatest rivalry in sports right now is the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs versus the first round of the playoffs, and I would love to see that continue this year. Oh, if only. That would be wonderful to see. It, it, it's possible. I, I don't, Canadians are definitely a tough team. I just think the Canadians, like, they just had some stupid moves they made in the playoffs. Like, not putting that guy Caulfield in, and then you put old-ass Eric Stahl. That's <laughs> not a smart move. I mean, hey, I, huge I, shout out, Tyler. Huge shout out to that. Actually, I, I that's a mind-boggling move right now. The kid, yeah. I get maybe they're worried about the pressure, but I'm like, put the kid out there. He's gonna do better than Stall's doing. That's why I say about Swayman too. But I can't say it now because well, Rass has been really amazing. Rass has been terrific. Rass has been terrific. Let's not go crazy. He was good. Um, but we start seeing Swayman. It's we're not winning anything because at this point, Rass has to get shelled. Well, yeah. also, also not not gonna lie. Uh, quite honestly, Rask has played phenomenal, uh, and maybe we'll talk about this a little later in the segment. He's been phenomenal, yes. But I think what's been more of a story is the Bruins' decor: Charlie McAvoy, Connor Clifton, blocking shots, taking hits, frustrating uh, the Washington forward group, and that's a tough team. They're big, they're fast, they're skilled, and. I think honestly, I'm like because Rask. I know he faced how many shots the other night. It was ridiculous. He did a great job. 41. 41. But 
before we went, thank you guys. Um, but with that being said, you know, this is not a game seven. It, the Bruins were never in a do-or-die situation. And quite honestly, I think after game four, they took control of the series. Uh, no, excuse me, not after game four, after game three, overtime. Uh, they Once overtime started in game three, yeah, they took over I, that series. Yeah, you took over that series. And, you know, Rask has been fine. You know, the, the pressure wasn't wrapped up. It wasn't on him. And he did great. You know, so that's not my that's not my beef with Rask. It's never been my beef with Rask. It's when you need him, when he needs to, to pull it out for the team, that he just goes. So those stats you sent us about the uh... – about Rask and elimination games were only when he was about to be eliminated. Correct, and I want to make that clear too, because like if the other team's being eliminated, like like in this scenario, um, is what it is. As far as Rask is concerned, he's got three games to like you know help pull the, help them pull out a win, so the pressure's not on him. But when the Bruins are about to be eliminated, whether it was Game Five against Tampa Bay, Game se- Game all the Game Sevens against Toronto, uh, the Game Seven against the St. Louis Blues, or Game Six against the Blackhawks, I'm talking about all those games he's been in. And there's a total of nine of those games in the playoffs he's been in. Out of those nine games, he has only won three, and in two of those wins, he has given up four goals. And only in one of those has he only given up one goal, and they won five to one that game. Uh, but outside of that, the offense has had to come up with four more goals to win those two games. And all the other games, the offense hasn't, and Rass never gave him a chance to win, and they lost. So, I mean, it's a team sport, yeah, but Rast, you know, he wets himself. I, I, I don't know what else to tell you. He just does in those situations. So you keep him out of those situations, you're good. You put him in that situation, you're treading water here. All right. What's that? Joe Thornton, three nothing Toronto. Joe Thornton just scored. That's right. They're still going to lose. The injury there. They're still going to lose in seven. <laughs> All right. Before we move over to studs and duds, um, Justin, you want to give us your views on the uh, the series overall, real quick, or? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, guys. I just take a minute. Um, so I mean, my my first impression, guys, is honestly, I think the Bruins showed us a lot this series. Um, and I've been telling everyone, every one of my friends, I don't know if I told you guys, I said if they make it past Washington, they're going to make it to the Final Four this year. I firmly believe that. Um, I was scared of Washington, especially after Game 1. And quite honestly, I really wasn't even convinced after Game 2. I mean, and quite frankly, and again, this is me being Mr. Reality over here, and I'm sure a lot of people will, will, will you know, kind of be angry with this, but, you know, they sucked in game three. I mean, at home. They came out flat. They were not great. Washington brought it. Granted, they, they showed up in overtime. But all I'm saying is, is like if Samson doesn't do that, does doesn't make uh, that stupid move and say the and say Washington wins that game, now you're talking it's a two to one series. You're behind a game. You're going into game uh, four, uh, you know, at T D Garden in a must win situation. That series could be drastically different. I mean, quite honestly with you, you know, but it seemed like after after that mistake and that Bruins goal, it seemed like Washington just lost it. They just derailed. They were they were totally just like they got owned in game four. I expected after that loss at game four, they would come out hitting hard and the Bruins dominated for 60 minutes outside of the penalty kill um, in that game. But again, you know, great series and I'm pump for the Bruins. I love it so much. I'm stoked. And I think they really showed that the DNA of the team. I love 
I love it. But they're kind of lucky to get out of the series the way they did, you know, in, in all seriousness. And again, had that got game three gone in Washington's favor, I think you have a totally different series. And I still think that the Bruins may have lost that in six or seven games. So I think they, they got pretty lucky and fortunate that Samsonov's an idiot or at least very young and, is, and doesn't know how to play in these situations. But, you know, they got lucky. But awesome job for the Bruins. Let's keep it going. And if they keep playing like they did in games two and four of that series and maybe they weather the storm like they did in game five, they should make it pretty deep in this year's playoffs. All right, and now let's uh, head over to Studs and Duds. Let's play three studs. Rashawn scores! Bergeron! Bergeron! In game seven, and the Bruins win the series! And three duds. Here's a catastrophic misplay back of the Boston goal, and Anders Lee tucks it in. One, two, three... Jimmy, why don't you start us off this week on Studs and Duds? All right, we want to start with Studs or Duds? Yeah, you're starting it off. Your choice. All right, uh, let's go with Studs here, okay? Um, oh, great, Justin's back for this. All right, um, so we uh, so we. <laughs> I thought we could get. I thought we get. I stalled just long here. enough for you, Jim. Uh, <laughs> so my th- my third stud is gonna be Patrice Bergeron. We're watching first round Patrice Bergeron, so there's quote unquote no injury yet, and he shows up much like Tuukka Rask shows up in the first round. So is Patrice Bergeron. His last two games, he looked so good. I mean, he you know extending the lead from one to two goals twice in game five to really you know make it. Almost well, impossible for the Caps to come back. Was huge. So he's my he's my third there. Uh, my second is our number one defenseman, number seventy three. Um, he really had a coming out party. Uh, I'm not as I said earlier in the show. I'm not willing to give Justin credit. I'm not going to say he's a top five defenseman in the league, but he's definitely top fifteen. I will give him that. Um, he had a coming out party. He looked really good. So uh, my number two stud is number 73. And um, You can't even say number... his name. I love it. <laughs> yeah, number 73. <laughs> Michael Ryder 2.0. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then my number my number one stud, this is you know, Justin Ray, when I put the drink down because he just spit it out everywhere, is Don Sweeney. His moves in the offseason, his moves in the, in the, as a deadline look better and better and better and better <laughs> as it goes on. Craig Smith, hit. Uh, Lazar, the deadline, hit. Riley, hit. Hall is a hit. Uh, Richie with the trade last year looks like a decent hit here. All these guys that he's brought in, they're hits. I'm, Andre Kasha, two goals he hit the ice and never saw him again. He was a hit, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, so, I mean, I mean, all, all these guys that uh, that Sweeney's brought in over the last year and a half, two years, that are still on the team, they're looking better and better and better. And he looks like he actually found um two pieces of replacement too so let's 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 win the cup here so that someone pays to go like five years eight per you can go somewhere else maybe toronto and be perfect for me to go to toronto um and then uh Isn't yeah that where he was originally uh, yeah. drafted it was 
And they'd rather have uh, Andrew Raycroft instead of Drew Rask. Mm-hmm. You and your crappy Sweeney estate. So taste. yeah, so so yeah, yeah, I got Don Sweeney number seventy-three, and then Patrice Bergeron. Gross. And Justin, you know I don't really like sticking up for Jimmy, but I think he's a little right on that Don Sweeney take for this year anyway. I'm I'm not ready to let him off the hook. Um, he's gonna, he's gonna win GM of the year again. You think? I think he will. Yes. Yeah. That that trade deadline was such a. He's gonna win oh, GM of the year. No. It, and like I said, gentlemen, like 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 we, you know, I can touch on it later, but but I like I like what he did. Don't get me wrong. So, but please continue. All right, Tyler, you're up, studs. All right, my first stud's gonna be uh, Jake DeBrusque. Um, in the regular season, he was horrible. He's definitely the number one dud of our team in the regular season. However, in the playoffs, he completely turned it around in the series against Capitals. Um, he said he had three points. He's actually a, a plus one. And he's gotten two goals, and it was both like in two consecutive games. So, yeah, I think he has seriously turned it around this series, and I think he's he's I think he's uh, poised for the playoffs. So I, I've liked what I've seen from Jake DeBrus. I've nothing wrong with his play at all. Um, my second stud's going to be Patrice Bergeron. I think his leadership on this team has been really good as a captain. Um, he's had he's had multiple po- multiple goals in the last game five. And man, he's he's brought it. And you know, in the first game of the cap against the Capitals, he was so good in the faceoff dot. Like he was winning almost every single faceoff, and it, it was actually a really like important, a really important factor in that game. Even though we did lose, that's why he was really close with his faceoffs. Um, yeah, I've loved what I've seen from Bergeron. He's brought it. He's bringing this. He's one of the classiest captains in, in the league right now. And I just love watching him. Uh, my last stud's going to be Charlie McAvoy. I think he's been the best player for um, in our playoff run yet. He's made a defensive core look really good. He just see, he just, just, oh my god, he is fast. He controls the puck really well. Like I just love what I watch from watching him. He plays so good. So he's gonna be my, he's gonna be my last stud. All right, and Justin. All right, so uh, again, guys, so sorry. I kind of cheated a little bit, and so I kind of lumped a lot of people into <laughs> into, into, into one kind of like grouping here. Justin, you've been uh, on the show like, long enough. You know, there's no rules. Well, well so, you know, but like at the same time, you know. Uh, so I, my first, my first stud is the um, is Charlie McAvoy and his defensive core, because that's what it is now. It's he his defensive core. Um, the Bruins defense did phenomenal. I mean, and again, all led by Charlie McAvoy. He played monster, monster minutes. 23 minutes, 26 minutes, 20, uh, 33 minutes. I think another 26 minutes and 20, uh, 25 or whatever. Point being, he averaged 26 to 27 minutes per game. He was out there against the opposition's best players. He was charged with shutting them down. And he was charged with also generating some offense. Um, and I will have another, it's on my phone. I will come back with the stack guys. I actually saw it and I really want to, uh, point out for, you know, people who are kind of low on Charlie McAvoy, like <laughs> Jimmy shit. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Say this. Ah, here we go. Okay. Please let me uh, read this to you guys. So Charlie McAvoy finished the first playoff round ranked second overall among league defensemen in scoring with five assists. 
Charlie McAvoy has led the team in average ice time in both regular season, 23-59, and playoffs, 27-15. McAvoy's eight-game point streak during the regular season was the longest by a team defenseman since Ray Bork in 1995-96. He is a stud, and and what's even crazier to think is he's not even in his prime yet. And I'm just like, this kid is just phenomenal. And honestly, if it was possible, I would have him out there the full 60 minutes in any single game. He was clearly the best defenseman out of both decors. And again, I and, and as much as I love him, the rest of the decor did well. I mean, Connor Clifton, who I love, but he's super inconsistent. I mean, I'm sorry, but you need to have balls. And I mean big ones to go out and block Alex Ovechkin's shot in that left face-off circle. I mean, everyone in the league knows he is dangerous there. He has a rocket, and it is dangerous and is hard. And he and Carlo just stuck their noses out there and blocked his shots to the point where it got in Ovechkin's head, and he was missing the net when he was out there because he was just like, how am I going to get these bodies, guys? And they took some hit shots just to it, so it's just the decor did wonderful and honestly i was looking at the um washington ford group stats and ovechkin two goals two assists minus two oshi one Ooh. goal three assists minus two wilson one goal one assist minus three backstrom one assist minus two mantha two assists he's a plus minus of zero Kanashiri, one goal, minus four. And Kuznetsov, zeros across the board, minus one. And that's due to the Bruins' defensive core. Awesome job by them. And then the forward group, quite honestly, the forward group uh, was my second stud. Regis Bergeron was amazing. And in game five, I think is where he really showed. I mean, he had the offensive skills of roof it like that. He came through big as captain. And what's best is that all three lines are balanced this year in this playoffs. First line combined for 13 points, but the sec- but the middle six combined for eight points each. You have balance to your offense. And because you have that, you can roll out three effective scoring lines and one checking line each game, and it showed. And my last and final stud is goaltending. Um, Two grass was phenomenal. And I think he and the decor combined would let up like, what, 10 goals? This entire series, I mean, nine. nine was it nine? So just nine goals in five games, terrific, terrific. And he was a stud in game five, and he kept game five from being like a four to three. So just all around terrific. Yeah, I gotta, uh, I gotta agree with you guys. Charlie McAvoy, absolute stud. He's my number one stud for this uh, first playoff round. Uh, was it 27-15 uh, average on, time on ice through five games? Uh, it was a total of 138 minutes and change. Um, five assists. He was involved in almost everything. Uh, I believe one game he had almost four minutes in uh, just um, penalty kill time, not even power play time. It was three-something, I think. Um and Tyler, the only reason I would have disagreed with you on your it was your placement and him being th- your third star. <laughs> you could actually no, I I made I went from like worst uh, to best studs. Yeah, you That's went, what I did. you said first, second, third, so I I wasn't sure, but all right, yeah, uh, that's cool. Yeah, I, I got McAvoy as my number one. 
Uh, my number two stud is going to be Tuka Rask. 181 uh, goals against average, 941 save percentage, uh, 41 saves the other night, I believe it was, or 40 saves the other night. Um, you know, that's what you're going to need from a guy like him. And, my, of course, all my wiring is going haywire. Sorry. Um, you know, he proved why he's your number one goaltender and why you're not going to be uh, starting Jeremy Swayman anytime soon. And my number third stud is... Uh, going to be Connor Clifton. Comes in a game late, played very well, played very consistent, played some smart hockey, gave up his body. Uh, you, As you were talking, taking those Ovechkin shots, I think he took one right in the chest. At yeah, one he point was good. And was out there for his next shift. Um, I just – that's what – that's the cliffy hockey we need to see. Not the running around crazy – too much sugar child caught on a Clifton that we see every once in a while. But, you know, that he was controlled, and he he was there, and he proved that he, he should be there, uh, which is good because the uh, – uh, Justin, I'll take one of those two, thanks. Uh, <laughs> you're going to need that because you're already down two defensemen with Lausanne and now Miller being out. So, um, Jimmy, why don't you start us with your duds? All right, so I'm going to go from my number one dud down to uh, my number three dud. Your number biggest one turd. Dud is, yeah, my biggest <laughs> turd in the punch bowl here. Um, and mind, yeah. you, the, mind you, these are a little bit of a stretch. It was, it's, it's hard to find. When you have a gentleman's week, it's hard to find something bad here. Um, so my number one here is with David Krejci. Talk about being non-existent the whole freaking round. I mean, after the Ovechkin hit, it felt like you didn't really see him. Like He was there. But he wasn't there. He he pulled his great disappearing act there. So I'm hoping that he'll he shows up for the next round because I didn't see much of David Krejci. Um, my number two uh, turn in the punch bowl is going to be David Pasternak. Um, I know he had four four goals. I know he led the team in scoring. Two goals, four assists. Um, thank you. Yeah, two goals, four assists. That's what it was. Yeah, he led the team in scoring. I think he led the whole all the players in this. Uh, I think he led the whole. Um, round in scoring for both teams combined, which is great. But I'm really getting tired of these turnovers that he has all over the zone. He's a turnover machine, and it's really frustrating to watch. So I get you, you, you take the you know the good with the bad with him. If he's going to put pucks in net, I'm all about the turnovers too. But two games is not enough for me to really you know say, yeah, he did it. You need to do more than just two games in the series, especially against a team like Washington because, let's say, it's, I mean, Washington really choked this season. I'm Chose it away more than Bruins took it, in my opinion. Um, and then along the same lines, my number, th- uh, I guess my number three here is Brad Marchand. Uh, I know he had the overtime winner, so I guess what we were talking about before the show, I'm getting really tired of these, you know, tiki tag penalties he got. Like, he got away with one in game two with the stick around the neck, and uh, then he went back in game three, did the same thing. And that one led to a power play goal. And again, we won, we won the game, so it didn't really end up hurting us in the long run, but. It feels like you take a penalty a game, and I get it. Yes, he has to be under his bond to play, but come on. Like, if it hurt the team against Washington, the number three power play in the league in the regular, in the regular season, there's no there's no reason for him to go out there and do that. I'm sorry. So, yeah. Yeah, as you and I talked about before the show, that, that whole stick around the neck was kind of numb nuts, but I think they definitely uh, they tagged him later on 
as well. Uh, I think it was game four we talked about on the uh, just a reputation call. Um, and as far as your Pasternak take, I, I like it. Um, yeah, he may have had four assists and two goals, but I, I feel like we've wanted we've we've wanted to see more out of Pasternak all year. And you know, just going back on playoff history, he seems to disappear. Those Jimmy, did you send over those stats earlier? Where like forty percent of his playoff games, he's got no points. It's tw- it's twenty three games of fifty eight, I believe it is total. Uh, that must have been Justin. I heard it on the radio this morning. Um, but one last thing, I was talking to Justin while we went out to watch Game Three together. Um, and I'm if you, if you want to date, to, that's awesome. I know, so, right? so nice. So, he hasn't called me back yet, although, Dave. Although, although <laughs> he did leave in the he did leave to go home in the middle of the third period, though, which was I mean, whatever. Well, we all, Justin, um, we did find out today that you are late. Nah, that is true. <laughs> I guess, I guess it's a good date. <laughs> but I still um, show up now. <laughs> sorry. high water. <laughs> no, um <laughs> all right, I gotta regroup after that one. <laughs> but uh oh, oh I I would start listening to call Papa. If someone wants to give you you know, if you wanna go out and get Michael, I'm not I'm not I'm not really sold Michael, but if you wanna go out and get him and it's going to take pasta. I would do it. I would at this point. All right. Um, Tyler. Always, always listen to the calls. <clears throat> All right. My first thought's going to be David Pasternak himself. Uh, yeah, he had six points. Nice. But where were you, like, in game one and two? You were absolutely nowhere. You were, you were missing the net consecutively. Like, he was missing it. So many scoring chances, and he was missing it so much. Wide net, or it was getting blocked. And the turnovers were also not really fun to see. One of them would cost a goal. And, yeah, that goal was really important for the Capitals. Thankfully, he turned it around. But, yeah, I, I did not like how he played at all. He, he's probably, like, the worst player in those two games. He, he did not look like the way he normally plays in the regular season. He was – it was so hard to to see him see him play. I wanted him sat. Like, it was that bad. He did have uh, six shots on goal in the first game, and I think another five or so in the second game. Four, I forget four those in the second. Because... So he had ten shots through through two. They were like center mass. I don't disagree with him being a bit of a dud this series. I just uh... well, I mean, this not really about a duds to really point out for the Bruins. They they really played well. Yeah. Okay. It's it's tough. So my second st- my second dud's going to be Sean Corrali. I, mean, I thought he was. Okay, but he's another player. He has no points so far. He's a minus one, and he's like he's just like Pasternak. He had scoring chances that were just wide right there, and he just could not capitalize on them. That's all I have to say about John Corelli. I thought he was, I thought I thought the fourth line overall was not good, but they were just okay, just average at best. Um, my third though will be David Krejci. It's as Justin said, he was completely invincible. I think that hit from Ovechkin really, like, took him out. And, you know, he's getting older, so those kind of hits will really, like, stun you. Oh, no, Justin left. That's not good. Oh, man. We're on to a secret. He's going to go take that test now. (laughs) 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 Oh, it's one Nashville. Yeah. Was it? Krejci. He only has two assists. Hmm. Yeah, it's just not that great. But, you know, it's not the point of duds for this 
for this series because they, we were, everyone was really good. Nothing too horrible. Yeah, I agree. It was it was really hard for me to get my duds, and since Justin's not here, I'll go next. Um, my number one dud was Krejci. Two assists. You really didn't see that much out of him. His pass weren't very weren't tape to tape. They weren't very crisp. Um, you know, I think we've all come to expect a little bit more out of David Krejci than what we saw in this last round. Um, my second dud is the refs in game four. Um, and I kind of wish Justin was here for this so I don't have to repeat it later. But um, they should have kept that as a five-minute major. Uh, who made the hit? That was Orloff who made the hit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yep, Orloff. Orloff came off yep. his feet. He hit high. I, I'll uh, allow wiggle room in the argument that there was shoulder contact first, but that forearm came up right underneath Miller's chin, in my opinion, and uh, I just I just thought the refs were awful, especially from that point in that game. And then my third dud, because it was really hard for me to find a dud on the Bruins, a third dud on the Bruins, uh, so really Krejci was my only dud in this series for the Bruins, uh, was Alexander Ovechkin. I thought his leadership was terrible. He did not play uh, very well. His game was just completely off. Him yelling at his rookie goaltender, um, what was apparently, like we said earlier, we was something to the extent of don't fall asleep, bitch. I'm sure that he loved that. And then, you know, he, I don't know. He, he just didn't look like a very good leader. He was involved, as we mentioned, in one of the COVID parties that they had back in January. And, uh, you know, if, if you're going to be a leader of a team – you can't potty with him on in January and then call him a bitch because he lets up a goal uh, in May. So, I don't know. Those are my three duds. Justin, you just missed. I agreed that Krejci was a dud, and he ran away again. <laughs> there he is. Oh, God. Sorry, guys. I, I think my kid is drinking more than I am, apparently. He's He's pulling a tuga every time, I, every time I go to him, he just disappears. Every time we go to Justin, he does a poop a tuga. Like holy smokes! I, I I think I think somehow like Nesson's like dialing into my computer and they're like, no, no bad Bruins talk, no, 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 no. You getting hacked by Daryl Arnold? Yeah. Oh my no. God! I almost feels like it. Sorry guys, my my computer's it's it's tough. Oh my gosh! If I have more than one tab open, it just can't handle it. It's like, hey, listen, I'm not one to complain about other people's computer issues. <laughs> Uh, so Justin, I had Krejci number one, the refs in game four, and then Ovechkin was my third dud, um, because you ran away from us, so we, we skipped you. Totally fine. I get it. It's okay. All right. So who did you have for your duds? So, um, let's see guys. So again, lumping everything together. Um, the first dud I had is the, uh, Washington forward group. Um, I think for the most part, they did not deliver at all. Um, Ovechkin, like pretty much after game one, uh, I know he had a couple goals, a couple assists, but he was John Wright nearly invisible um, unless, you know, you had Pasnock and Marshan running into him. Um, Oshie was a non-factor. I know he, he was probably fighting through an injury. Backstrom, non-factor. Anthony Mantha, non-factor. Um, you know, what, Kanashiri, non-factor. So Washington's top guys, 
non-factors. And, I mean, again, their forward group is big, skilled, and fast. And a team like that should be able to, you know, really get on, like, at least push for, like, a six- or seven-game series. I mean, and all their key guys, and this is also what goes back to why I so much dislike Alex Ovechkin. Talk about a guy who will put up a thousand goals in 82 games or some bizarre number, but then postseason comes along and where did he go? Oh, must have gone back to Russia. I mean, I, I, I just, I, I don't, I like, I like, I hate that type of player. I absolutely do. They are a stat only player. All they do is throw up numbers and in the in the regular season, and then they're invisible for the rest of the postseason. And I'm sorry, but like he's just non-factor. And I mean, I, I think they started to to pair McAvoy up with him as well, and McAvoy just shut him down. It was just absolute non-factor, and that's your captain, and supposedly one of your best players, if not the best player on that team. Non-factor. Tom Wilson after that first goal in the first game, he had assists otherwise, but. Non-factor. I mean, the four, Washington forward groups were just—they sucked. I mean, and from the stats I just discuss, uh, discussed with you guys, did you do you guys realize that the top six of Washington's forward group all combined for 15 points? Our first line had 13 points in this series. So, I mean, that's talk about your top guys not delivering. So you the perfection line, yeah, like, like line. Dude, yeah, yeah. The, technically, the the perfection line, whatever you want to call it, the Bergeron line is what I keep it at. But thirteen points, and all those players for Washington, fifteen, and you're not going to win a series like that. You're not going to come close, and they just didn't show up. They looked frustrated. They looked pissed off, and they were just running around like idiots, and they just didn't produce. My second dud is the Washington decor. And I think I was going into the series, I was like, well, perhaps the decor is like the Bruins decor and the and the Washington decor that they're, they're kind of like a for the most part kind of equal. Um no, they were not. Um Washington's decor sucked. I mean, John Carlson, I think is very overrated because of his offense. He was so bad in this He was thing. not great. He was bad. He was not good at all, Tyler. I fully agree. He was awful. And t- again, talk about a number one defenseman, right? Who's he's supposedly the number one defenseman? He plays so soft defensively. He played really well in game one because Marshan was wearing him pretty much. But outside of that, he was awful. He was horrendous. And quite honestly, Charlie McAvoy greater than John Carlson. And I think if your best defenseman is better than the other team's defenseman, uh, best defenseman, then you, you like like your decor is for the most part better. And I think they have bigger guys on their decor, but for the most part, none of them are, have any offense outside of John Carlson. And they're all bigger, sure, but they're all slow. And they can be exposed. And honestly, I think this is a little reflection on it was good to let Chara go. All the things we gave him crap for in previous postseasons, being slow on the puck, um, not being nearly as physical because he's so slow and it takes him so long to get back into position, were evident on Washington. Pierre Lavalette, um, Lavalette, sorry, I'm 
butchered the name. I know. I'm sorry. I had a couple drinks. Um, but he, <laughs> but he um, was petrified of putting Char on the ice. You could tell. He only wanted him out there in the penalty kill situation. Outside of that, I think uh, in game four, I think it was. I think it was game four. Um, Marshan saw 38 seconds against Chara, and then Bergeron saw only 16 seconds against Chara. As soon as those guys were on the ice, Lavier was like, yo, Chara, off the ice. Now, right now, right now, please get off the ice. And you could see why. He is slow. He is ineffective. He's not really – like he can land a good hit every now and then. But, again, same reasons why we didn't like him here in the postseason – just transpired, and I and I was a firm believer that if they won this series and he had a good series, you lost that. You should have resigned him. But now, absolutely don't resign Char. Absolutely, you were right, and they were scared of putting Char on the ice, rightfully so. But their decor was just slow. It was just not really effective, and it like you know it just and so and, the, and our forwards took advantage, and eventually. Cassie was looking for that matchup. Put my best guys out when Char's on the ice, you know? And so, and again, people, like, I was petrified of him. So their decor, not as good as I thought, quite honestly. And the last and final stud, is, I mean, excuse me, dud, is all the penalties. I mean, oh my God. Like, I know you won the series, but dudes, you can't do that. I'm serious. Like, you can't do that. If you, if you expect to put up, like, you know, seven to ten penalties a game, you know, for the rest of the postseason, you're not going to win. You know, you can't do that. And a lot of them are just boneheaded, dumb mistakes. Like, you know, Nick Ritchie looking into a black hole and not realizing, oh, I shouldn't go out now because there's too many guys on the ice. You know what I mean? Or like Marshan pulling his stupid crap. And the only reason why I somewhat justify it with Marshan is because at least – he scores. At least he's a factor. So you can almost kind of justify it with him. But outside of that, like, stop the penalties. You're not going to keep, like, you're not going to win, keep winning games if you keep putting up all those penalties. So that's got to stop. Yeah, that one goal that I think Ovechkin got because of Marshan's really dumb penalty, that, that really yeah. made the game a little closer than. I, I disagree. That was a really dumb penalty on Marshan. I think that's goes to the refs, as I was speaking of, calling just ticky-tack shit after they blew the major call. Yes, yes, they did the right thing. They called it a major on the ice, and then they went back and looked at it, and somewhere in Toronto, obviously, because they hate Boston, because we <laughs> kick them out of the playoffs every friggin' year, but um, they, they look at it, and Orloff comes off his skates, and I think, and I've said this a couple of times now, I think that the forearm comes up right to the chin, giving him some chin music. And the fact that he came off his skates and hit him up high and there was an injury, I feel like that should have been a five-minute major. Um, if Marshawn had done that, not that Marshawn would really cold cock somebody as big as Kevin Miller like that, but if one of our guys, if Miller had done that to even Tom Wilson... If I if he had made that same hit, I would say the same thing, and I seriously dislike Tom Wilson. I think he's uh, really got to learn to take his medication before he starts playing hockey games. Worst kind of player, Dave. Worst kind of player. Yeah, uh, and you know what? Good on the Bruins for knowing how to control. 
the emotion that is Tom Wilson. Yeah, he got a little chippy with the back of uh, Richie's head when he was down on all fours, and Richie just stood right up and started giving it to him. Um, McAvoy made at least one huge hit at the blue line on him where they both went flying in the opposite directions. Um, but, I, yeah, I, Bruce Cassidy said it best heading into this series. They were definitely better equipped to handle Tom Wilson than the Rangers were. Well, and Dave, just tack on a little bit to that. I don't think Tom Wilson has a strong series. No. You know, he has some boneheaded moves. But outside of that one goal, he was so invisible. And he wasn't really the Tom Wilson. And I'm thankful for this because my biggest fear was that he would take a run at, say, Charlie McAvoy or Brandon Carlo or David Postnock and seriously injure them. But for the most part... He like outside of like that stupid like little like you know cross check against Richie and so he wasn't really Tom Wilson ass he was just I don't know, he was just bland and I and I love it personally but like he was just a non factor he really was and he's such a boneheaded guy and I hate that yeah he played he definitely played this series a little heavy and a little pesty but definitely not what I was expecting to see out of him I thought it was going to be a lot worse especially. Uh, when the Bruins were up three nothing in Game Four, or when they started to go up, uh, what two nothing in Game Five, you know, um, I don't know. That's gonna do it for studs and duds, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Jimmy. I know we touched base a little bit on this earlier, but moving on to round two. Um, you. Who would you rather the Bruins play, Pittsburgh or the Islanders? And just quick 10, 15 seconds on why. Okay. Uh, I've been saying this since we started playoffs. I want nothing to do with Pittsburgh. I think they're, they're better in leadership. Uh, they were winning a couple cups a couple years ago. I want nothing to do with Pittsburgh, so give me the Islanders. Yeah, I personally think the Islanders are a better matchup for the Bruins uh, and I would I'm going to be rooting for Pittsburgh um, I just think historically the this Bruins core has played the Penguins a lot uh, have, have played them really well excuse me and I just the way that the season started against the Islanders I've just had that little bit of f- fear that um, they're just going to do it to you in a seven game series <clears throat> I know the last three games since the trade deadline, they've the Bruins have played a lot better against the Islanders, but uh, my vote is still on Pittsburgh on this one. Tyler, who you got? I still got Pittsburgh, and I'd rather play them because, you know, the Islanders they got Barry Trotz as the coach. He said that he's got he you can read Boston pretty well. They they, just, they look like a hungrier team with the younger players like Matthew Barzell, Bolivar, Paggio, who's really good against the Bruins in the playoffs. And, you know, Penguins, just an older core. I mean, Malkin looks a little slower. Um, Crosby, he still got it, but... And, you know, the goaltending, I think Jari is not that good of a goaltender. I'd rather play them. And, you know, considering how we played against Capitals, if we get Penguins, I'm really confident that Bruins will win in, in six. And we got Pittsburgh. So I'd rather play Pittsburgh. All right, and Justin? Justin? Justin's playing freeze frame right now. We'll get back to him. (laughs) (laughs) We can't hear you, buddy. All right. Uh, 
let's bounce around the league. We'll come back to Justin on that one if uh, he can get back in. Sorry, buddy. Um, so, oh, oh, there he is. Honestly, guys, like kind of like I mentioned earlier. Uh, oh, oh no. Are we just get? Am I just getting your audio now? I think we are. That is fucked up. Oh, oh it's so annoying. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Stupid computer. I hate this so much. Why? This is why for all everyone who listens. Everyone who listens, do not get a Chromebook. All right. Um, so. Jimmy, going around, going around the rest of the playoffs. Now that uh, we've officially scared Justin out of the podcast, um, <laughs> I don't think you. I know actually. I know you're not surprised about Edmonton losing. Um, but nope. is there any other surprises that you've seen around the playoffs so far? Um, honestly, I'm surprised how well Nashville is played. I know I picked Nashville to win. It's more just because I'm fading Dougie Hamilton. Um, but they are playing very well. They're actually up 2-1 to one right now in Game 5. Um, controversial goal taken off the board here for Carolina that just happened. Yeah, but I, I, I'm shocked that uh, Nashville is playing as well as they, uh, that they are playing right now. All right, and just to explain for our, uh, our listening audience exactly why I'm not surprised that uh, why oh, I don't think you're why? surprised Edmonton's out? Because there's a curse in Edmonton. I've been saying it for years. It's called the curse of Gretzky. And they actually, they actually just, they actually just, Gretzky just left the front office. He went to TNT too, by the way. Oh, he's going to yeah, TNT. Exactly. He, yeah. Yep, he's going to TNT to to do broadcasting because he wants to get away from the organization again. Um, so I wonder if his wife's pulling him away again. But anyways, uh. Yeah, the curse of Gretzky is a real thing. I'm not shocked at all that they lost. I'm shocked. I'm shocked they got swept. But I mean, this is embarrassing. Plus, this it, it proves my point that Conor McDavid's fake hundred points is fake hundred points. Fair enough, Justin. You back with us? I think so. Am I good, guys? Can I, you hear me? Okay. You sound great. Awesome. Yep. So, well, I you know, hey, um, shout out to Galaxy Note 20 Ultra. Great phone. If you have Ryzen, AT and T, we recommend it. Um, it solves all your computer issues. <laughs> Man, that was spoken like it was supposed to be a real uh, a real spot. All right. So, so <laughs> before you disappeared because of your Chromebook, um, the question to you was, who would you like the Bruins to face in round two and why? Um, so quite honestly, Dave, it doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't. Um, as I said to you guys earlier – um, I, I'm a firm believer that once the Bruins got past Washington, they're going to make it to the Final Four, regardless of who they face. Um, and quite honestly, both series, um, 
I, I, I'm not easy. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, they, oh they're going to sweep the Islanders, Penguins, or whatever. No. They're going to both be great series, most likely game six or sevens, and uh, they're going to be intense. But I think the biggest team I was worried about was Washington. I mean, and the Bruins will match up just fine against the Islanders and Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, perhaps Barry Trotz and, you know, his defense, like, really, you know, stymies the Bruins' offense. Um but it looked like they had zero effect in the regular season because the Bruins took all those games after the trade deadline. So I'm not really worried about it. We've historically owned the Penguins in the playoffs. Uh, they're an older team. Um, quite honestly, I think of Gally Malkin sucks. Um, and I think he's honestly more of a detriment to that team than he is a factor. Um, yeah, Justin, I said um, if Andy Malkin's just been a lot slower as a player. So no, yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Ty. He hits the nail on the head. He's old. He's slow. He's not the Evgeny Malkin we know from years past. Um, I, I, I think he's he's approaching the end end of his career, and I think at this time of the year he's not going to be that great. I mean, he's only been out for how long with an injury? So I, I, I think you know that 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 would be a better series for the Bruins. But either one, I don't care. They're going to win both. So. Yeah. All right. And then my next question to Jimmy uh, was that he was talking about when you came back in was. Yeah, uh, to say it again. You left. We knew that. Uh, we knew Jimmy yeah. wasn't going to be surprised with the fact that um, he's back, bud. With the fact that Edmonton <laughs> lost. But who was your biggest surprise? So who's been the biggest surprise to you so far in the playoffs? Justin. Um. Oh gosh, no, that's um honestly and I think you guys were probably really talking about it when I came back, but I think I mean it's it's I'll I'll give the Minnesota a little bit of a surprise because I didn't expect them to pull out two games against Vegas, quite honestly. Um but it, it and uh but honestly I, I I'm gonna have to go to Winnipeg Jets sweeping the um Edmonton Oilers. Um what are you guys doing over there in Edmonton? I mean, you have the best player on the planet since Sidney Crosby and probably like a, a, another top five player in the league in Leon Drysdale. And you guys got swept by the Winnipeg Jets. And quite honestly, I think we underestimated the Winnipeg Jets in a way. Um, they have a really deep forward group. They have a really solid forward group. So don't sleep on them. It was their decor I was really questioning. Um, Hellebuck, by the way, also goes totally. I think I think he's totally underrated, and or, or at least maybe not underrated, but he's not talked about enough. He's a stud. I love Hellebuck. Like he is absolutely awesome. I think their goaltender was was a huge difference in that series. Um, way better than Talbot. And I think even though they had McDavid and Drysdale, who the crap else do they have? I mean, I'm, I'm like seriously. I mean, I mean, are they just expecting that? Oh well, you know, we got McDavid and Dre Sale, just you know, and we could just throw all these bums around them, and you know, we'll we'll, we'll be good. You know, I don't think if that's what Edmonton's plan is. I mean, I, I don't know, but there, that's some issues. If you have a guy like Tommy McDavid and you're you're getting bounced like that and swept. I mean, again, credit to the Winnipeg Jets because I think their four groups a lot better than most people realize. And Calabuck's awesome. I don't know much about that decor. I just know they lost Truba and Bufflin. And I thought those were two huge losses. Um, 
but good for them. And quite honestly, what's going on in, in uh, Edmonton? In part of me, it's it's just some more curiosity, and I hope things blow up in Edmonton. But I kind of hope Connor McDavid's like, I can't be with this team anymore. That this team hasn't surrounded me with anything other than other than Drysdale. Like, I need to get out of this team. So, I mean, that's just kind of hopeful because I would love to see Edmonton and Canadian teams suck. But I mean, that was wow. I did not expect that at all. How many? <laughs> How many years in a row did Edmonton pick in the top three? Yeah, 2012, Neil Yakupov, absolute bum. Uh, and they had Taylor Hall, who we have now, in 2010. So what? They, they had Taylor Hall, Richard Hopkins, Eberle, um, McDavid. They did have Eberle, right? They did, yeah. have Eberle. they did have Eberle, too, and they let him go. Eberle was the um, one. Yeah. I mean – Jesus. It was like it was like four straight years that they set Edmonton up to win, basically. Like now it's the I mean, draft lottery, you know, but yeah, it's not fixed at all, you know. Well, I mean, gentlemen, we, we, we talk about Buffalo being a dumpster fire and pretty much where first round picks and first overall picks go to die. What about Edmonton? You know, I know Connor McDavid had all the success and this year he played against a crappy ass Canadian team. Uh, t- Canadian division, so of course he's going to put up 100 points. Um, and I'm not saying the talent isn't there because it clearly is. He's a generational talent. But is Edmonton the other dumpster fire in the NHL that first round picks go to die? Let's not forget Justin. about Arizona. They're kind of a dumpster fire too, aren't they? Yeah, them as well. My goodness, like oh my, it, like so you got big questions in Edmonton this year. Big questions that that GM has your answer to now. So now, so now no, you no. have Buffalo. You have Buffalo North. And now you have uh, Buffalo Southwest. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tyler, what was your biggest? What's been your biggest surprise so far throughout the playoffs? Uh, the Edmonton Oilers being absolute bums. Um, okay, if the Edmonton Oilers did not have McDavid or Drysaitel, they would have made the Buffalo Sabers of this year look like an elite NHL team. This team is. Just a god-awful team, god-awful secondary team. Let's take a look at some of their secondary scoring. Uh, James Deal, okay player. Devin Shore, Kyler Yamamoto, Zach Cashian, and I forgot one more, uh, Polavari. They are all complete bums on that team. They do not know how to play hockey, and they should be ashamed of themselves to be in the NHL. Horrible. <laughs> now, I, I, now, Listen, if it, I was a bum and I was in the NHL, I'd be pretty fucking proud of myself. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have they they have AHL players on that NHL court, so they got they got to get some forwards on that team. And I'm really surprised they got swept, especially since they blew a 4-1 lead. That's really rare to see. Last time we saw that was in 2013 with the Maple Leafs and Bruins. Um, yeah, I don't know how you let that happen. This, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna give the Jets the credit. Um, I didn't think they sweep them like they they destroy the Oilers like they did. I'm actually kind of concerned that the Jets can make it far and later beat the Leafs or Canadians, whoever wins that first round, because they actually look pretty stacked and they they look ready for a cup. And yeah, Hellebuck, I, as I said before, he would be a difference maker in this um in this playoff run, and he actually did really much better than I thought he would. So good for the Jets, but. Man, the Edmonton Oilers, bro. Talk about a bad, bad team. You should. If you're a fan, you should be ashamed of this team. 
as I said before at the beginning, if they did not have McDavid or Drysaddle, they would have been way worse than the Buffalo Sabres of this year. Yeah, and I think... Um, how do I want to say this? Who Who's the goaltender up there in Edmonton right Talbot? now? Talbot? Yeah. Who was Minnesota's goaltender a couple years back, and he didn't pan out there. And I think he was in Calgary, and he didn't pan out there. And bef- a couple years ago, Edmonton had uh, Mike Smith, right? Like the plain Jane of goaltenders. Yeah, um, yeah it, it's. I think it's more goaltending than anything up there. Like they've had some well, pretty yeah, shitty had goaltenders. goaltenders. I mean, Decor Jew Dave. I mean, Danell Nurse. He's he's clearly that number one. He plays those minutes, but he's like another. He's um. He's almost like another. Um, was it? Was it? Um. Oh my gosh, Morgan Riley in Toronto. He's not a number one defenseman. He plays the minutes of it. He plays like whatever. He doesn't have the skill offensively or Mike Riley's better. Yeah, like he's he's not great. He's not great. They don't have anything defensively. And how bad does that trade look? Taylor Hall for um, Larson. Larson's playing on their like Ooh. second or third pair. I mean, like talk about a bust. So they have no decor, no goaltending, and they failed to surround. Connor McDavid and Dre Sadel with any sort of relevant talent. And it's just, I mean, if, if you're Edmonton, holy smokes. Like, like Buffalo, you got to be scared. All right. Uh, yeah, Edmonton sucks. Um, not really much else I can say. I, I think for me, one of the biggest surprises uh, of this postseason, uh, as, aside from the fact that Edmonton just blows Billy Goats. Is the uh, the the Florida Panthers now have Bobrovsky as their third goaltender? Jimmy, you got anything to say about that? <laughs> yeah, Jimmy. They'd be up three two. I think well, he sucked. They, they no, I, I think he sucked. That's why he's not playing. I think he started Probably. the first game or two. Uh, they're on their third goaltender in the series. They went from Bobrovsky to is it Dreger, Dreger, and I believe, Dreger, yeah. and I believe they last night they started night, right? So, awesome, and he did an awesome job, awesome job. So I just yeah, I think Bobrovsky's going to be finished with that team soon. I think they'll put all in on Spencer Knight, and they should, as they should. He's a stud, absolute stud. Yeah, and... he was um the number one star in the in that game. Oh, one thousand percent. He in his NHL debut in the post, like that's terrific, terrific. I mean, Bobrovsky, that's looking like a horrible contract. And if I was the Panthers, I'd be like, hey, we got night. Let's get this bum Bobrovsky off and send him to Jimmy. Maybe Jimmy can make use of him in his yard or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, you need some yard work. That's about all that fucking Bobrovsky worth. <laughs> Oh, oh man! Yeah, I'll so they him. they started Bobrovsky in game one and they lost five to four. So five they four. St- they started Drager, Drager. Uh, I'm still butchering it, I know. And they lost three to one. So then they started Drager again, and then they lost that game six to five. But also Bobrovsky was in the game for nine saves um, for a period of time, and then game four. They went with 
Dragger again. And they, they split again. Uh, why won't my... Uh, you piece of crap. Uh, yeah, they basically split the game. Dredger had 31 minutes and Bobrovsky had 27 minutes. So they obviously have no idea what they're doing with goaltending down there. Yes, maybe they have a uh, a stud and well, it looks like they have a stud in this. Uh, is it what's Knight's first name? I want to call him Curtis Knight. Spencer. What is it? Spencer. Spencer. I keep wanting to call him Curtis Knight. That's a, a local uh, live band guy down here in Bill Ricca. Tyler knows him. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Spencer Knight, you know, maybe they got maybe they got a stud in him, but uh, you know, and he won last night. But you're going up against easily one of the Stanley Cup favorites, and I don't know if that'll be good if he gets his teeth kicked in in that series. But what does Shirelli move with uh, Bobrovsky? Right? I mean, like he has one like ridiculous season, and yeah. next thing you know, he's like he's like. And you, you sign him for all this money, for all this term. Oh. And honestly, I, I think of him as like a Jordan Bennington or Carter Hart. You come out, you're strong, you play great, you look awesome. And then two, three years later, you're just a bag of crap in the goal. I mean, you better have a walrus in there. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, right now, the Maple Leafs are up three to nothing on the Canadians. Um, I know I'm I'm hoping for a Canadians win, which I never in my life thought I would say. Uh, any any chance? You guys think any chance that uh, the Canadians can pull this off against the Leafs, or am I just? I think they can. I get two no's and a yes. Tyler, Harry Price, Harry Price is the only one who's got to show up for that team. If he does, then they have a chance. Why he scores goals too? I mean, <laughs> if he does, they're clearly gonna win. Uh, but if he, yeah, but if he, but if he leaves that net to get a score of goal, they're done. All right. Yeah, no, Anderson's probably garbage second half of the year. Same thing with Defoe. Yeah, they just. I mean, I, I, they started the year off on fire, and that team just ever since they fired Lemieux, good old Claude. Ever since they. I was gonna say, ever since they fired uh, Mr. Julien, this team's kind of sucked. Just saying. Did I, I call them Lemieux, huh? <laughs> you did. <laughs> uh, well, it is technically past my bedtime, so. Uh, all right. Um, Pittsburgh Island, as we talked about. Anybody surprised that the Avalanche swept the Blues? No. I no, I, I kind of am. I thought it'd be in, at least in five. Yeah, I, I was the only one who had because... uh, the Avalanche in six. You guys all had the Avalanche in five on that one. Um, I thought the Blues were going to put up more of a fight, especially considering how hard they had to fight to get into the playoffs. I didn't think they were going to beat the Avalanche, but... Yeah, well, hey, I'm not surprised they lost, but it's satisfying to see because Ryan O'Reilly was talking so much shit, and then he just embarrasses himself. <laughs> we're going to have so much fun to beating them. And you, you got your ass kicked. Well, I mean, guys, like, like, talk about like another win, and also I've been saying this all along too. Like, Toy Krug was so massively overrated because he put up like X amount of points for a defenseman. He sucks defensively. I don't want him anywhere near our end. Like, honestly, he might as well just play forward. I mean, like, 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 I don't. But anyway, 
non-factor in St. Louis, absolute non-factor. He, uh, but and Petrangelo's gone. You don't have a number one defenseman. No. Uh, that team and and Bennington is showing his true colors of just being an absolute bag of suck. And like you know, I, Avalanche with how talented they are, and I love Nathan McKinnon. I mean, it just I, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, the St. Louis yeah. Blues. Lot, very different team since they won the cup against us, and it shows. Yeah, um, Tory Krug and Zdeno Chara really helping Don Sweeney earn that third star this week. Yeah. I know. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, He's Justin. Done, if, it's like it's if like I'm going to give it to Jimmy, I'm going to give it to you too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then I believe the last series to talk about is the Golden Knights-Minnesota Wild. Uh, I'm surprised that the Wild have put up as good of a fight, although they did have a pretty decent year against the Golden Knights this year. Uh, Vegas leads the series 3-2, to two, and then that game six is tomorrow night. Um, Jimmy, any thoughts on this one? Oops, sorry. Tyler? I still think the Wild will win this in seven. I think they will do, pull off something out of their mind that Mark Andre Fleury will not be ready for. You know, actually, you know, speaking of which, man, I want to talk about the Penguins again. Ever since they lost Mark Andre Fleury, that team has just been much worse. Like as a team, like they just can't like really do anything. Like I could, I could yeah, just Justin Jari is not that great of a goalie. They won two cups when Fleury left. Right, that's what I thought. They no, did. No, I thought Fleury played with them. No, he, 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 I think they won them both with Burry. I yeah, think. he he won mm-hmm. a couple cups, right? He won two cups with Pittsburgh, but one just and then one. he left, and then he he went to two, but he they lost they lost he lost the first one to the Red Wings. Okay, and then yeah, yeah, and then they um he lost he was lost they, in the expansion draft. Well, yeah, in in Pittsburgh's defense though, he was a puddle at the end, like he couldn't play in the playoffs. He got nicked in the flower for a reason. And it had, I mean, I remember when we played them in 2013, it wasn't Floyd was the backup then at that point. It was Thomas Volkun was the starter. So, but you want to, to, to your point, guys, I think Pittsburgh has, I mean, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the uh, Chicago Blackhawks kind of showed you can have like an average random dude in, in net and still win cups. I mean, I, I forget the uh, goaltender's name who uh, won with the Blackhawks first. Uh, same thing with uh, oh, Archie Is it Archie And then they won with Crawford. I think they won with him twice. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Penguins, I, they had Marc-Andre Fleury. Then they you know, won with Murray. Now they have Jari. So you, you can get by without having like a, like a you know, ridiculous name goaltender. You know, like you can get by. It's 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 if you have the decor and if you have the number one defenseman and if you have the the top six skilled enough and young enough necessary. Outside of that, your goaltender is kind of kind of eh. you know you don't really need like like all that. I think they define that. They show that with the cups they've won. All right. Uh, anybody got any closing thoughts? No. All right. That's gonna do it for the Boston Bee Party. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me. I'm David Rodriguez. Tyler Scales, Justin Ventola came late because he had to go get a pregnancy test, and Jimmy Shea, who is not the father. Guys, thanks for joining me. You got to see you, man. (laughs) See you, guys.
27 for Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting! Yo.